Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Jumping off buildings, setting herself on fire, falling down a flight of stairs, all in a day's work for stunt woman Shauna Thibodeau. And boy, does she get plenty of work. On film, Shauna has performed stunts for X-Men, War of the Worlds, The Bourne Ultimatum, Spider-Man 3, Strip Search, The Boy Who Cried. She's been a stunt double for Carrie Mulligan, Wall Street 2, Nicole Kidman, The Stepford Wives, Charlize Theron, Hancock, Uma Thurman, My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Shauna's TV work includes Ugly Betty, Law & Order, Oz, Guiding Light, Her skills, she's an excellent athlete, a ground pounder, fights, falls, wire work. Shauna rides a motorcycle. And you know what? She can act, sing, and dance. Oh, and not for nothing, Shauna certainly had her share of broken bones, surgeries, and physical therapy. Despite her seemingly crazy, busy, daredevil career, Shauna, who along with 27 other females is a member of the Stunt Women's Association, has managed to juggle her stunt work with her pivotal role as a wife and a mom. She and her husband are parents of two young children. To say I'm excited to meet and have a conversation with this female dynamo would be a major understatement. So Shauna, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks. I'm I'm flattered. I read that as a kid, you jumped off a roof, and at 13, you jumped at the chance to do anything exciting, like riding your bike and deciding to stand on the seat with no hands. Apparently, you hit a pothole, you fell off, you knocked out a front tooth. So (laughs) let me just ask you something. Unbeknownst to you, you were prepping for a career as a daredevil? No. I mean, I don't think I was then. That's just the kind of kid I was. And so when I found out about stunts and I thought, yeah, that's the perfect job for me. You know, my mom didn't really flinch. She thought, well, she's doing stuff like that all the time. Anyway, she might as well make a living at it, you know? (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I don't think they actually thought that I, that I would, would do it. Would I, that I would move to New York and actually make a good living or, you know, I didn't even know if it paid well. But, but how did you figure out to do this on your own? I mean, obviously, you went to the movies. You grew up in Rhode Island, I read. And, of course, they have movie theaters. And you right, went yep. and you went to the movies. But what would the connection be? Did you go to the movies and think, I want to do that? I didn't actually probably go to a lot of movies when I was younger. But I remember watching a show called That's Incredible. And they would have, like, sort of circus stunt people, not really movie stunt people. And just being... Um, wishing I could do that or have access to learn how to do what they were doing. In high school, I was just really into sports. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just looking, looking. I was super, I guess, ambitious, trying to think of something. I knew that I didn't want to work in an office. I knew that, you know, I didn't do uh, amazing in school aside from sports. I knew that I didn't want to be a lawyer. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to do acting really. And I was just sort of exploring different things. So I would intern. I interned at a radio station in Rhode Island. I think it was called Kix 106 FM. And I was always going out there and getting jobs. Just, oh, I was always worried about what I was going to do for a living and how I was going to make a living since I, for as long as I can remember, (laughs) you know, I started working at a young age and then I interned on movies. They actually filmed some little mafia movies in Rhode Island here and there. And I would intern on those and just constantly trying to see what else was out there besides what was the usual. But, you know, I did focus on sports. I think I was pretty concerned at a young age as to what am I going to do with my life? And so I was, I was exploring different things and interning different places. And a movie came to Rhode Island and they had a little tiny, tiny stunt in the movie. And the guy literally had to fall off a chair. And I was like, 
you kidding me? Like I could totally do that, but I knew there was a lot more to it. So then I started like looking into it and thinking about it. And oddly enough, I'm five foot 10 and I was, and I guess I'm pretty thin now, but I was pretty thin then too. So I had offers with modeling agencies and stuff. I would get sent out for commercials, for com- commercial auditions. And there was a commercial where they needed a model type to run and fall. And I got the commercial. And so I had that commercial before in, that I'd done in high school before I started working as a PA right after high school, which is a production assistant in movies where I saw that stunt. So then I thought, that's perfect. I had such a good time working on that commercial and you know, they needed someone athletic that could run and fall. And it was, and I got the part and, and that's where I first realized, wow, this is something and maybe I could do it. So I moved to New York and I got a job as a production assistant and I worked as an extra and I went on auditions for commercials. And then pretty much right after I got there, I got another commercial for DKNY where they needed a model type that could do a spinning kick and a flying kick. And then I got an, you know, so then I had these two commercials where one was me literally running and falling flat on my face for a local commercial here in Rhode Island. And then another one was for a DKNY in-house sort of advertisement commercial type thing of me doing spinning kicks. So then I wasn't ready to be like, I'm a stunt person. I didn't have enough training. You know what I mean? But I was like, I've, I've done these commercials and I'm athletic and I'm young. And they were like, you know, get headshots and then you can, we can submit you to audition for things. And, and that's what happened. It's happened slowly. And I had to like juggle a million different jobs and get fired from a million different jobs. But I knew as soon as I started doing it, that's what I wanted to do. You kind of did this all on your own in the sense that you didn't have a mentor or there wasn't somebody who was guiding you along the way. So clearly you're a self-starter, aren't you? Yeah, I would say definitely there are people out there that gave me chances. I mean, there are the people that hired me here in Rhode Island to be a production assistant. There are the people, you know, George Aguilar and and Douglas Crosby, they gave me a shot at stunts. They saw the potential. I um they were we had a fundraiser when I was a production assistant on a movie and there were basketball teams and we were all on the same basketball team and they saw how athletic I was and you know, I started off doing simpler things and they said, you know, you got to go to stunt driving school. You got to go meet up with this person and practice doing high falls and you got to, you know, and they would put me in things they felt comfortable using me with. And, um, basically you're only as good as your last job. As good as your last jump. (laughs) Or as good as your last jump. And, you know, every day is different. I mean, you never really, you never really know what to expect. We train for each job, um, each thing, but sometimes you get there and, you know, you always have to think on the fly. And I think, there's a lot of factors to being a good stunt person. There are people out there that are like amazing Olympic athletes and professional dancers, and they can do all these flips. But a lot of it is, you know, you're you're willing to walk out in front of a moving vehicle and get hit by it or get thrown out of it and not flinch and do it again and relax and not look like a dancer while you're doing it and look messy and improvise and things are never what they say they're going to be as much as we rehearse it. There's always little things and you just have to go with the flow. I mean, it seems like a lot of people think they could do it and and they think they can and then they don't. And there's people that you think, how are they stunt people? And, and they, and they make a good living doing it. What have you been doing this for about 20 years? Would you say? Yeah. Okay. Like that. So, you know, it's not like you had so many role models, you know, and not for nothing here that I said that you're in the Stunt Women's Association that has all of 28 women in it. You know, there's not a large uh, number of stunt women, is there? 
Oh, yeah, I would say it's very competitive now. There's just not a lot of people in the Stuntman's Association. That's that's like an invitation only group ah. of like exclusive women. You have to be voted in. Okay. But there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stunt women now. And no, I didn't have a lot of role models, especially role models that were also mothers. I think the stunt women before me like gave up the chance to be moms. And it's kind of sad for right, a lot right. of them. Maybe they didn't want that. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them, they missed out on the chance. You know what I mean? I didn't know after I had my son if I was uh, going to get calls, you know, or if I'd get back in. But the calls kept coming. And Well, weren't you worried about the fact that here you were a mom and that you could hurt yourself? Was there that dynamic of should I switch professions now? Or did that never enter your mind? You know, it was such a weird shift when I became pregnant because you go from running all over the country doing stunts and whatever you want and then all of a sudden you have a baby and you're pregnant and you you can't ride you can't even do anything you like doing really ride motorcycles or it's just so boring I'm lucky enough at this point in my career I have people that I know when I work for them I'm safe if someone I don't know calls me now I ask a lot of questions or I'm just not available I really trust the the people that I work with. I've been working with them for, for years, and we really trust each other with our lives. There are things now, not necessarily because I'm a mom. I Well, your perspective's different, isn't my, it? My perspective's different, I would say, but I mean, I definitely think, like, I valued my life before, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> for the well sake done. of my mom's sanity. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, too, you just, you can't do everything that you could do before. So I have to sometimes say, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Do you turn down jobs? I didn't used to. I do now. And um, a lot of the things that I turn down is because also, like, I want to see my kids. And it's so busy right now. I've had one week that I've been home straight. Oh, my God. And so it's like, it always happens when you go on vacation or it's a special event, a birthday or something, you're going to get a call to work and all. I, I say no at this point. You know, I say it for my family, for my kids, life is short. Your priorities switch. You make adjustments because of what happens in your life. I'd love for you to share some of the movie highlights or or television highlights of things that you've done. You know, like crazy stunt-wise or crazy, you know, situation-wise. You, I, I don't care. So they, many. The whole thing is crazy to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and I don't even know what that means. And I'm being really serious when you say I was a stunt double for Charlize Theron. Educate me because I think it's fascinating. Oh, you know, I mean, it's all actresses are different. All people are different. And, you know, I mean, she she was great. She's actually very pretty physically tough. Like she, some actresses... You go there and you're not even doing stunts. You're just doing action because they don't hop fences. You know what I mean? And then there are some that, you know, she's she's from South Africa and she's, she, you know, she can hop a fence, you mm-hmm. know, no problem. But she also respects stunt people and isn't, she doesn't have an ego where she's like, oh my gosh, I did it myself. Or she's just tired. She's like, oh, can she just do it? You know, like she's capable and, and, and it's great. It's the perfect situation when you're doubling someone like her because they... She respects stunt people, and she's not intimidated by us. Well, you're and a professional. You, and most of the A-list actresses that have been around, they realize we're an asset and we're not a threat to them. I mean, some of the younger, when you work like on a WB show, and they they really think like, hey, I'm supposed to be the one doing this, you know, and, and you want to help them, and they're intimidated. I think I'm pretty good at not being intimidating. It's nice, like, when they... Like I said, more the more established when you get to double the more established women, and they really respect you, and and you can say, you know what, let's just you can do this, and 
and they'll do it and they trust that you feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable that they can do it, then they trust you and then everybody's on board because usually we'll test the stunts first. Say if it's something like they're like, well, we would like her to do this, but we don't know. How does it feel? And so they'll want a more established stunt person, someone like me that'll say, you know what? It's a little jolting or it could bother her neck or bother her back. And then, you know what? They they usually, the coordinator and the everyone in, uh, involved will say, you know what? Let's let's not do it. You know, let's well, we make it safer. And, so we'll keep working on it to right. make it safer until the actress can do it if it's something they need to do. And and so like, it's good to have a more established stunt person, especially for situations like that. So, so um, that everyone trusts and the actress trusts and the stunt coordinator trusts. So they know like, you know what I mean? If, if I'm like, uh, uh-uh, you know, then they're not going to do it or, you know, for the most part. So talked about some of the highlights of your career. When I think of the highlights right now, I'm thinking like, oh, I got to go to Puerto Rico and my husband came and they only used me for two days. And I was there for like nine days uh. and we got to hang out at the hotel. It's a free vacation, but that's not really stunt. You know, I love the stunts. It's just like when you do a good job and, and you rehearse and you get it right. For me, that's that's the highlight. And then, you know, I've met a lot of great people. Like a lot of my friends, my closest friends are stunt people. I really think it's a good job for a mom, actually. I mean, that's another thing, like, because I can work once a week or twice a week, or I can take the week off. If someone calls, I can say I'm not available. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I say no to too many things, then I'll stop getting calls. Well, of but... course. I'm going to live vicariously through you, Shauna. Come on, tell me some of the, the really, oh, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to do this. You know, when I started, a lot of high falls were without wires, and now they're with wires. What does that mean, have wires? So, like, if you're jumping off a building without wires, you have an airbag or boxes that you land on. Right. And you can see those airbag, that airbag or those boxes, depending on how high the fall is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, when you're on a wire, yeah, you have, like, a harness. And a you harness. Have shackles and picks, and they rig you in, and you have these riggers that, you know, you, together you guys all work it out, and, and you jump off the building. But the thing is, is you're totally trusting the riggers who rigged this and the whole rig basically because you're jumping off a building and so they don't want to see the airbag on the ground or the boxes on the ground. So you're literally just jumping off a building and there's nothing below you while you're jumping to land on. So what happens is the wire, you jump and you're like free falling and then right as you're about to get to the ground, it kind of decels and you don't hit the ground. But sometimes you go and, and you're really close to the ground. You know what I mean? And you're just hoping that this rig that they've just threw together the night before or the day before is going to work. It's not like you're trusting yourself and you have an airbag and you're going to land in the airbag, right. which is also you know, very dangerous, but it's just a weird thing. So it's like the, the business changes as the years goes on. So now like so much of the stuff is on wires, but you know, you get there and who rigged this and okay, I'm going to jump off this. I have, hopefully they did a good job and you do bag tests. It's not like you just jump off. They they have this bag that's the same weight as whatever your weight is, and they'll test it a few times. But, you know, things happen, and it's it's weird to be standing on the ledge of a building with your toes hanging off of it um, <laughs> and then jump, and there's uh-huh. nothing below you. There's nothing to aim for. You, you don't know. Like the other day I went to work, and it was like they're trying to kill you, and you 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 just get kind of shoved into this refrigerator, and then you kind of get pushed into the counter and just like a little scuffle thing. Oh, okay. Well, I get there, and it's like, I get thrown over the countertop onto all this breakaway glass onto the floor. And they decided that five minutes before and I've got cut off sleeves and, you know, and it's like, 
you know, the coroner's like, oh, I'm sorry, they changed it, you know, but at this point it just doesn't even register. You know, it's just like I go in and I just, it was so late at night and I was tired. I was so cheated. I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> have you gotten hurt much? I have been injured at work and I tore my ACL and my, one day I tore my ACL, MCL, PCL and shattered my meniscus and broke my patella. But so I had to have a couple surgeries for that. And I was out for a while. I get, you know, stitches a lot and bruises a lot and hit in the head a lot. <laughs> um, fortunately. But you get paid for it. It just comes with the territory, but it's not necessarily something like it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's not, nobody likes getting hurt. Of course. Then of you're course. out of work, you know, and sucks to get hit in the head. So you don't know what kind of dementia you're going to get in the future. What is a ground pounder? A ground pounder is you can throw yourself on the ground or throw yourself off something. You don't brace yourself. You know, it's like do a flat back, get thrown out of a car and you, you can do it and not look like a ballerina or, you know, not get hurt for the most part slipping and fall, throwing yourself down the stairs. It's, I mean, if you can't do that, then you can't be a stunt person, I would say. Well, that's a real criteria. I mean, it's not yeah. that, oh, if she's not a ground pounder, that's okay. You got to do this because that's what stunt women do. What's the difference between doing a stunt and being just a double? Well, there's not really not a difference, except for that when you're a double, you're doubling an actress. Um, and then you can be an ND stunt person which means there's a lot of people, maybe they don't have the body type that they double a lot of people, but they look very like military. Like there's a lot of men and they're just always like a cop. You mm -hmm, know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're very good with weapons and shooting and they can get a lot of jobs doing that or also doubling when it comes along and there's, there's someone their size. Usually you're a stunt double or an ND stunt, which is just like a regular stunt. They'll have a bunch of people. Like on War of the Worlds, I wasn't a stunt double. It was just, they had like 10 people from England, 10 stunt people from England, and like 10 stunt people from Los Angeles and 10 East Coast stunt people. And we were all playing like people that were, you know, doing different things throughout the movie, like victims getting chased by military trucks or explosions and running away from the explosions, or I don't even remember exactly, but just all different um, scenarios. And they have a bunch of people like basically running for their lives or whatever, in those scenarios, and those people are usually stunt people. Or in um, car chase scenes, you'll have a bunch of ND drivers, and they'll be kind of set up in sort of like a grid-ish, but of course thinking on their feet and ready to improvise. And you'll have the stunt doubles, say like if I were doubling somebody and somebody was chasing me, I'm zipping through all those cars and the other double behind me, so we would call ourselves the hero cars. And then also maybe the camera car behind us or... Sometimes now they have like these like little pod cars with a camera. Somebody on top is driving the car so it looks like them or the ultimate arm. Or now they even have drones or helicopters sometimes. Oh, I just thought of something that kind of like was crazy. And I was just a passenger. There was four of us stunt people on Annie of all movies. You wouldn't think it's a big stunt movie. No. There was me and actually my best friend Jody was doubling the other girl and two stunt guys. And we were in a helicopter and this helicopter pilot was insane. I mean, it was just nuts. We're in New York City, and he's, we had cars crashing beneath us. And when you see the movie, you barely see any of it. But we were literally like, because your life, it's almost scarier when you're not doing anything and you're just sitting there. Mm -hmm. Your life is like in this guy's hands. This guy's like some big hotshot helicopter 
guy. But he did that as a living. His job was a helicopter pilot. Oh, my gosh. He did this on all the biggest movies. He was literally like going in between trees in a helicopter. And some people, we all know, like one wrong move in a helicopter and you're basically, you know, accidents happen a lot in helicopters, the history of movies and stunts and just in general. Right, right. And he was going in between telephone poles, basically, and in between trees. And we had a whole car chase scene beneath us and the car's crashing. And it was just like, that was when I was like, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> we are like, <laughs> what are we doing? You know? And then on the other, the other sense, it was pretty awesome because it was like an amazing experience. He probably wasn't supposed to do this, but he in between takes would fly and go around the Statue of Liberty, like right up close, like right to her face. And we're sitting there in the car and you're just like, wow, you would never get this opportunity. No one, like mm-hmm. this is com- probably completely illegal. And sadly he's passed on. So I know I'm not getting him in trouble. Um, <laughs> he actually died in a, in a, in a crash on oh the way God. back. I don't know if he was from a Tom Cruise movie, but I mean, he was amazing. He didn't, we didn't get hurt, you know, but everything was so close to, oh my God. <laughs> and even the stunt guys, it wasn't just, you know, we were all like, wow, this guy's, this, it was just wild. And, and, you know, I've had the chance on, um, what was it? In, I think it was Invasion. We were filming down in DC and on my lunch break, there was a, well, there was a scene where we had to run into a Black Hawk helicopter. We ended up reshooting the whole movie. So that whole Black Hawk thing, I don't think ended up in the final movie. It's all kind of a blur. I don't, I don't remember. Actually, I don't even think I saw the movie, to be honest with you. But during the lunch break, me and the other stunt double, we get to go and ride in the Black Hawk helicopter all over DC. And it was just like one of those things where you're like, wow, this is awesome. When would we have a chance to ride in a Black Hawk all over Washington, DC like this? So there's a lot of things you have access to and you get to be in really cool buildings that, you know, I've gotten to go into the United Nations building. I've been in Trump's apartment. He was actually very nice, not getting political whatsoever, but just really cool experiences that you have working on movies. Every day is a different place. You never know, like you wake up, it's like the amazing race, you know, like where do, you know, you only find out where you have to work the next day when they finish wrapping the day before. A lot of times it's like nine o'clock. I haven't gotten a call time. I'm checking my email. It's like, if it's your first day, you don't know what, if you're going to be at work at five in the morning or, or five at night and you don't know exactly where it's going to be, you know? Sure. And, um, you find yourself in all these interesting neighborhoods and places you would just never go if you weren't working on a movie. Every day is an adventure. I have two questions I wanted to ask you before we say goodbye. One of them is, have you ever been starstruck? Um, yeah, when I first started. Who did you sort of think, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm the stunt double for or that I'm working with so-and-so? Well, I think I was just starstruck by the whole movie process. So I was just, like, shy. Like, um, they filmed a movie in Rhode Island. I was just, like, but to be honest with you, the the big stars on the movie, I it was, like, Dustin Hoffman and in that movie and like the next movie, but you know, I didn't even know really who they were. I was so busy playing sports growing up. Like I didn't know who those guys were, Mm -hmm. but, um, so, I mean, I think I was just, so it's all in the day's work for you people, Uh but, um, just, I knew it was like where I'm working on it. I was just, if that makes sense, like just starstruck to be working on a movie. And I knew there were all these actors on it that were celebrities, and I just thought it was cool in that sense. And I also wanted to ask, does a stunt person, man or woman, is this a long career? It's hard to judge with with women. I mean, I think there are more women becoming stunt coordinators now, and so their careers are lasting longer. 
there are more women that are respected as stunt drivers now and you can do that. I mean, I feel like the older you get, the better you get at mm-hmm. stunt driving. And there are women that are rigging. Yeah, I mean, there are jobs that people out there and they're they're stunt people and they're pushing 70 and they, they still love it and they work once in a while and they like to see everybody and they still still fall down and hit the ground and you can still trust them in a car. Isn't that You know terrific. what I mean? Or, 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 or even if maybe it gets to the point where they're getting a little too old, they could be maybe once in a while people throw them a bone and put them as a passenger and they're still willing to take the risk of being a passenger while a car is doing stunts. I mean, it's definitely, I think, up to each person and I think it's changing. And for men, you know, they coordinate and in the past it's mostly been men. And so they can do that for as long as they need, you know, until they're whatever, because you're not doing the stunts, you're just coordinating the stunts. And now there's more and more women doing it. So the playing field is more level now. It's not, not at all, but I think it's changing. I think it's changing and more women are getting opportunities. I think more women are directing and producing and saying, I want a female coordinator. And they're realizing that, you know, there's that we're, we're just good as at coordinating as the men. So you can't physically do all the stunts for as long as you want to. You just can't. Like well, of even, course. even now I'll get called for things and I'm like, call up a 20 year old, you know, like, no, mm-hmm, <laughs> it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that because I don't want to say yes to things like that. Cause I might be able to do it once, but you know, it's like, I've been doing this a while. Like, but then there are some things where it's where I can do it and I can do it and I have the experience to do it better than someone who's half my age. And do it safer. So I think it just depends on the stunt and you just have to be honest with yourself and honest with your abilities to other people, like what you can do, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I don't know, Shauna, this has really been fascinating. It may, like I said, be all in a day's work for you, but I had absolutely no idea what goes on <laughs> in front of the camera, behind the camera, whatever. I just think it's a, it's just been a fascinating conversation. And I wish you many more falls and fires and ground pounding and um, motorcycle driving. I don't know so much about Black Hawk helicopters, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thank really so want to thank you so much for um, having this conversation with me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.